Hey, my name is Akash Thakar, and this is Sound Business. This is the podcast where we dive into the mindsets and methods of some of the top musicians, sound designers, or audio creators in the world. We're going to interview everyone from plugin makers, performing musicians, video game composers, and everything in between, and learn how they run a successful business and how they're making a killer living in the worlds of music and sound. My hope with this podcast is that you can be exposed to the many myriad different ways there are to make a killer living in the worlds of music and sound, and help you realize that there's no one right way to get to the top. And with that, let's get into the episode. Today on the show, we have Laura Escude. Laura is so many things. She is a touring player, violinist, show designer, entrepreneur, online educator, and speaker. She's toured with acts like Kanye West, The Weeknd, Cirque du Soleil, and has done show design for people like Porter Robinson, Bonobo, Herbie Hancock, and many, many other acts. She basically helps design shows so that the live performance sounds like the album or even better and makes it so that the artists can actually interact with and play their music live, especially if it's primarily electronic music. She makes it so that the artists don't need to just hit play and sit back and maybe play over it, but actually get to play their music live, and she helps set that up. But on top of that, she also runs the Transmute Academy, which helps people like us learn those skills too, so that we can perform live, we can perform on Twitch or touring or anything like that, so that our shows go just as well as the people she works with. So considering Laura is so, so deep in the music world from so many different angles, and is also an incredibly successful entrepreneur in the space, she is the perfect intersection between business and music, which is probably why she's doing so freaking well and why she's such an interesting guest. So we're going to talk about all sorts of things with her, from business to music to making it in the industry to online education to entrepreneurship and everything in between. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Laura Escude. So like for you, I'm so curious because you're super entrepreneurial. You're also a string player who plays on sessions. You toured with Kanye West for seven years. You did show design for like Porter Robinson and Bonobo. You do so much. And so many people say, especially in the artistic field, like do only one thing, forget everything else, only do one thing. So I'm curious for you, what made you kind of branch out, be an entrepreneur while also being a musician, while also being a show designer? What kind of started that spark for you? Oh my gosh. Just like loving everything, I think. Thank you for that compliment, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to just do one thing. Uh, I would like to. I see people all the time, peers of mine, I'm like, they just do that one thing and they do it really, really well. I, I think I would get bored. I just have a lot of different interests from you know music to entrepreneurship to spirituality and personal growth and everything. And I just try to combine all of my loves at at all times. So I don't know. I just, I just go wherever things take me and it feels good. I just try to tune in with what feels good now and just follow that path. I think that's really cool because you're thriving as someone who does a lot of things, which is probably a soothing bomb to a lot of people who are thinking like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this, but I have to cut all of it out. I can't do everything, but you are doing a lot, which is great. And it's working, which is, proof in the pudding. So that's, that's nice to see. Thank you. I mean, you know, I am consciously looking to streamline what I'm doing now. And that was one of my goals for this year. And um, 
you know, I get asked to do a lot of like events and different things like that. And so one of my things this year is if it's not like completely perfectly aligned, I'm saying no. So I am saying no to more things. And that's kind of my theme for this year. Say no to say yes to music projects and other things that I really, really love. And, and that's hard though, because I really want to kind of be there omnipresent. That's been always right. been kind of like my thing when I was growing up, my mom, you know, I went away to summer camp and I was like, but I'm going to miss what all my friends are doing and, you know, just stuff like that. So I have FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> You've made it work though. So I think that's fine. So Thanks. for you specifically, then what do you think's made you kind of thrive as an artist? Because we know it's not just releasing music on Spotify and hoping it catches fire. Like that doesn't really work for 99.9% .9 of people. So what is it for you that's made it so that not only you're making a living, but actually doing really well as a creative in what all the spaces you're in? Do you feel like it's a certain skill set you've developed? Is it a certain mindset you have that's allowed you to kind of make it happen with all of these different things that are going on in your life? I think it's a skill set of <laughs> just being able to focus on a lot of different things at one time. <laughs> And I think this is something that women are actually really good at. I've been learning men are just like really single track focused. They're like, okay, I'm going to focus on this one thing. And for me, I'm like thinking about 10 different things at one time. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I am trying to focus it a bit more um, and be more deliberate, but it is a good quality as well. Cause I can be like doing a presentation and thinking about something else that I need to do or like tying up a loose end. And, you know, I have been working a lot more on my mindfulness and like, you know, focusing and being present in the moment. But I think one of my strengths has really been just saying yes to a lot of different things and figuring it out and allowing my brain to kind of go in different directions and seeing where that takes me. So hopefully that answers that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm going to ask you the most dangerous question then, which is how do you prioritize? Like, do you have a system? Is it just by gut? Is it somewhere in between? You know, I've been prioritizing more and more. I actually became a facilitator of something called the Joy Money Matrix Experience, and you basically uncover what brings you the most joy and what makes you the most money. And it's like a, a matrix. It's a, a whole project thing. And from last year to this year, I got rid of so many things that were on my board because I realized, okay, like this is a really good idea, but is this aligned fully with my goals? No, it's not. Um, like even becoming the facilitator. Now I'm kind of like, this isn't really aligned with my goals, but like, <laughs> and I love the program and it's, and it's awesome. Um, but you know, there's just like certain things that I've kind of picked up over the past couple of years. I've done a lot of like working with coaches and personal development and things like that. And for a second I was kind of like, Oh, well, like let's incorporate that into my programs or whatever. And now I just feel like it was good to learn about that stuff because it helped better me as a, an artist and entrepreneur. But at the end of the day, you know, just staying focused on the number couple of top things is really important to me. And so now everything, I just look at everything through a lens, like, okay, like music is my most important thing right now. Want to make more music this year, want to release more music and sample packs and all that kind of stuff. And so if it's not completely aligned with that, and it's like slightly outside of it, I'm really looking at it and saying, okay, do I prioritize this over the music or what have you? So yeah, there is some prior prioritization <laughs> going on, whatever that word is. I've been 
you know, doing some sessions with a friend to hold each other uh, accountable for our priorities. So every week we have like a main priority and then one thing that we're trying to get rid of or stop doing. So that's been really, really helpful to check in with her and see how we're doing with our goals. And I think it's really helpful for me to just do like the one, one change, one small change every week. Like don't try to move mountains. Cause in the past I was like, okay, I'm going to release like an album a month and I'm going to, you know, and it's like, come on, you're not going to do that. So now I just know myself and I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to be able to do that. So what are my priorities for this year? What are my priorities for this month? What are my priorities for this week? Like every Sunday, I've got this planner journal thing. I like to write it out. I mean, I do have like a calendar on my computer, but I like to write out and like time block things and go, okay, like Mondays are my team meeting days. That's where we all get together and we talk about all the things. And, you know, people on my team have been like, hey, can we move our meeting to Friday? I'm like, nope, (laughs) (laughs) it's gotta be on Mondays. And so Mondays is just like, meeting central you know i like do all my bookkeeping and like all of my transmuting stuff and just get into it social media stuff and so i've been trying to block like days like full days now to different things so now like thursdays and fridays are my music and content creation days so i told my team okay on those days like i'm not going to be online i'm not going to be on slack i'm going to do that's what i'm doing so it's really been like training myself to not go in and reply to stuff and emails and things because it's like a carrot that's just like dangling it's like come answer these emails that aren't important but they've been sitting in your inbox for you know a week now or whatever so it's it's a it's hard but it's it's just disciplining ourselves to just focus on the things that we enjoy and be in joy about yes considering you have those kind of time block days i assume there are things that don't get done every day, right? I'm sure there are things that are only on these days and for the rest of the week, they don't happen. Yeah. Do you ever get that FOMO of like, oh man, I, I'm going to use a random example, but I should be practicing violin every single day. Like, but I can't on Monday. Do you have that FOMO? Have you dealt with it? Do you not care anymore? Like, how do you kind of deal with that? Yeah, totally. It's interesting. Anything that I tell myself that I should be doing, I look at now with a deeper lens, you know, I'm like, okay, why do I feel like I should be doing this now? I'm trying to reframe that kind of stuff for myself and also not be so strict with the, okay, it has to be done every day and this is why and da, da, da. So I think the day blocking is really working for me better because I switch parts of my brain quite a bit, right? (laughs) Like in entrepreneur mode and then I'm in artist mode. And I found like, I mean, I'm good at switching, but it's more helpful when I spend a block of time on just like one thing. And then if that means that I can't do that thing on other days, then I just have to be okay with that and just like let myself have a break. But I mean, in the past it was really like, my schedule, I try to be like, okay, and then from four to five, I'm practicing and da, 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 and like, you know, down to the T and then things inevitably pop up and you have to handle them. And so I don't know, I think the day blocking thing is really working for me now. Nice. Okay, cool. That's helpful for me too, because I am in that phase of putting everything to the T. <laughs> so this is kind of nice to hear for me too, where I'm like, all right, four to five, it's this, six to seven, it's this. Like, I'm very much that person. Yeah, like yeah. my friends even go like, oh, you're a serial killer. Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, when they see like my how, what my calendar looks like with all its different colors and stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, same. I was actually on a call this morning and someone was like, who does your schedule for you? That's crazy. And I'm like, I do. 
<laughs> you make all those blocks yourself. Like back-to-back meetings and stuff like that. But now I'm like, okay, no meetings on nice. you know, Thursdays and Fridays unless it's like you know later on or whatever. But yeah, that's kind of my my jam right now, and I'm enjoying it. I love it. So like you are running a company, right? You have team members. You have to kind of take their needs into account too yeah. with everything else you're doing. Yeah. So when it comes to running an actual company with team members and employees that you're working with regularly, did that like come from a need to clone yourself or how did the idea of having actual team members, because so many musicians say, no, it's, I have to do everything myself and I can never let anyone in because I could never teach them like how to run this or help me or anything like that. How did you kind of start thinking about, no, it's time. It's time to have people help. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of still think that no one can ever do it as good as I can, <laughs> you know, it's the ego talking, totally. but I do have amazing team members who I've been working with for quite a while now. And now I'm like, okay, you're definitely better at this than me, you know, which is great. You know, it really started um, like when I was touring with Kanye back in 2011, I started getting all these calls to, to do gigs and, you know, I'm kind of an opportunist. Like one of my employees said this to me one time. He's like, you're, you're an opportunist in, a, in the best of ways. And I'm like, I am, I know. Yeah. So uh, I got a call from the weekends management and they're like, Hey, like, can you do this tour? And I was like, man, like that would be sick. Like I want to do the weekends tour, yeah. but I also was like, but I can't leave Kanye. And like, that was a better situation at the time and blah, blah, blah. So um, the weekend was still just a baby artist right at this time just came out with his mixtape it was a great time i love that mixtape yeah by the way i was like so stoked i was like this mysterious artist that no one knows who it is wants to work with me like awesome cool yeah <laughs> not that he really even knew who i was either at that time but his team did you know which was cool. yeah that's awesome yeah um so i said well uh i can't do it but i have this amazing guy that can do it and they're like great and that's kind of how I started my company. Literally, I was like, I got this guy. And then I said, hey, Steve, this guy, Steve Nalepa, amazing guy. Do you want to go do this tour with The weekend? And he was like, sure. Like, what do I have to do? You know, so I just showed him stuff, you know, and he knew a lot of stuff already. And he just jumped in and it was great. And then th that just kept happening. Then, then people were like, oh, she's got a company where she's hiring, you know, people. And then started training more people and training more people. So it was cool. You know, it was really cool because it was just really just did try to clone myself. I really wanted to have my hands in all of these different pots of, you know, working with these amazing artists and then provide opportunities for my friends and people that I really thought a lot of. And so that's really kind of how it was born. And of course has morphed a lot and changed since COVID and all that. But, you know, I, I really did, have that belief though like that other people aren't going to be able to do it as well as me and it was really hard to let go of control and still is because i'm a control freak <laughs> very meticulous meticulous is my favorite word <laughs> that's when when i train people like we had our training program master track and i was like all right the main word is meticulous you know you gotta like be super beyond meticulous like what you think is meticulous is actually not meticulous and people find out the hard way, you know, cause they're in the hot seat with an artist and with a musical director and they make a choice and it's not meticulous and people hear that. And when you're wearing in-ears and it's like a pop or a slight thing, like 
maybe the audience doesn't hear it, but like the band and the artist and everyone else does. And it's like, what's what's that? That's not supposed to be there. So even the slightest little thing, people on these tours, their ears are crazy. You know, they hear everything. So you have to be super on point. So anyway, all that to say, yes, I, I did try to clone myself. <laughs> and you're, you're working with other people's music too. When you're on tour, you're working with your own, but you're also working with other people's you know, yeah. artistry and sound and production. So of course you need to be crazy, crazy into it because you don't want to hurt someone else's baby, essentially, no. and have them have the mindset of like, oh, like they didn't nail it. Like you don't want them to ever think right. that. Right, you don't want to lose that trust, you know? I always say like if you're at a big concert and the music doesn't sound right like that's a very telltale thing like if the lights are a little weird or like I don't know the video doesn't look quite right or the dancer kind of misses a move you know but if the music isn't right like that's pretty freaking obvious yeah so it's it is um it's very important yeah it's yeah. a very important job for sure you mentioned something really interesting when you're talking about cloning yourself which is you know other people started to reach out to you you know like the weekends team knew who you were mm -hmm. and i think that's a really big part of being a artist in any way is having some sort of personal brand or having people know who you are in some way shape or form especially if you haven't met them in person yet that helps so much for what we do so i'm curious you have a great personal brand. I found you on, you know, Instagram. That's how I discovered you. Yay. <laughs> you. You're nailing it. You're absolutely slaying it. You're killing it. I love seeing all your posts and all that. Like, I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I be more like Laura? Uh, so it's, it's I'm like, how do I be more like you? I see oh. your stuff too. We're fans. Yeah. We're, we're, we're <laughs> each other's fans. It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. But I'm curious, like for you, how did you kind of start thinking about, okay, it's social media time. I need to build my personal brand kind of beyond just word of mouth. Cause I'm sure word of mouth is a big part of what you did at first, at least. Mm -hmm. And how did it kind of transition out of that into, okay, I need to be real good at being on the internet. I need to be in front of people so they know what I do and making sure that they knew what you did and that your value was clear because it's easy to say like, I'm a musician and people just like, okay, you're just like everyone else. So how do you differentiate yourself too? Yeah, totally. That's such a good question. I guess when I, you know, when I first started touring, which was like 10 years ago, social media, I mean, it was still a big thing, but it wasn't like it is now, right? It, it, it wasn't the same. During that time, I feel like I was, I was working for other artists, which, which is great. I still had my music projects and I had my Alux music project, which was my old moniker. So I was kind of doing that thing. And, you know, I was making content, but not like the way people make content now, you know, <laughs> it's very different, <laughs> but I had like a job, right? I mean, I was touring, so it wasn't really like my main thing. Um, and I think it's really only been in the last four or five years, I ditched Alux three years ago, four years ago, something like that, decided to just do everything under my own name and build my own brand. I kind of realized like, my company electronic creatives was my personal brand in a way that became something else right it was people were coming to ec because of my reputation and my brand and just word of mouth and all that and then it became about a collective of people and that was great but i really couldn't like speak my voice through it in a way just because um you know it was a company it was a different thing and then when I started focusing more on my personal brand in the past couple of years. I was like, okay, what do I want to say? How do I want to say it? Like, what's my audience? You know, what am I going for? And 
you know, I've always been into like education and like nerdy stuff, as you know. And, <laughs> you know, back in the day, like before I started touring, I was doing tons of like master classes and teaching and, you know, so I, I think it just evolved into this like artistry meets technology and education kind of brand and the thought leadership in a way. And it's just actively been trying to make content to support that over the past couple of years. And, you know, and that feels really good because I'm like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I do. I just want to share this. I want to provide value to people, you know, people that can't afford my programs. We've done, done a ton of like free masterclasses, free workshops, lots of videos, tons of stuff just to give back to the community because I really feel like it should be accessible for, for people. And I'm, I've never been one of those people that's been like, okay, these are my secrets and I'm never going to tell anyone. You know, I've always been like, here's all my secrets. You know, people are like, I can't believe you tell people all of this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I just love sharing and I love seeing what people do with it and like just touching people and inspiring people in their lives in that way. So, you know, now with the Transmute program and the Transmute Academy that I have, I think it's just morphed into this like really cool, like subsection of amazing artists, amazing folks. And that's like an extension of my brand now, which is cool. And um, I've just been really trying to build up my brand to do more kind of like brand partnership stuff. I mean, recently I've been working with some companies like software companies or hardware companies and doing like either composition stuff or, you know, videos and behind the scenes kind of stuff, which is really cool. Music creation videos, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's been really exciting. It's been really exciting seeing it grow and just feeling like being my most authentic self, you know, because when I had the Alux moniker, I was very much being a character and that was cool for that time. And I, and I don't regret it at all. I, I, I loved it. But there came a point where I was just like, who am I? And I'm not this character and I don't want to be perceived as this character anymore. I just want to be my authentic self and let it all hang out. And like, you know, I wrote this article called Hustle Healthier about my journey, which is on medium and just about some crazy health stuff that happened that I went through due to like burning myself out and touring and all this stuff. And, you know, just like being able to share that with, with folks, you know, like, Hey, I'm now 41. I'm open about how old I am. Cause I don't think why should we lie about how old we are? I don't know. Like, <laughs> so like, many people in our field, <laughs> you'll never know how old they are ever. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm like, you know, like I'm just at this certain point where I'm like, okay, like just going to own it. This is who yeah. I am and how I am. And like, let's just roll with it. So that, that feels good. And it feels good to just to be able to share myself on socials in that way and to be able to inspire folks. Yeah, you you touched on so many good things there. And that like, I have this weird memory that can put everything into those different compartments. Now I just need to choose which <laughs> one because you have so much good stuff there. Oh, but one thing that I always kind of appreciated about you because I read your Hustle Healthier article before I even like put two and two together that you were the person who wrote that. Like I just <laughs> kind of found it at some point, which yeah. and it's lovely. Thanks. And so many people talk about, oh, just avoid burnout. But not many people, one, have experienced it as hard as you did. You unfortunately dealt with quite a bit and you recovered. Yeah. And you talked to people on how to kind of avoid it slash recover from it if they're dealing with it and so many creatives do it 
it's just so easy to say, all right, well, I'm just going to stay up till 4 a.m. again and like work on this thing or whatever it may be, or I'm going to tour and it's going to just destroy me, whatever that thing is for them. So for you now, now that you're kind of Laura 2.0, what is your kind of way of staying balanced, avoiding burnout? What do you recommend people do, especially younger people who are just trying to get everything in? They're trying to do 16 hour days. How do you kind of pull them away from it? Right. Well, when you get older, you literally can't. (laughs) You know, you have to sleep at a certain point. You know, it catches up with you. I mean, for me, I just like my morning routine. I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm. No, it's a good thing. They're very important. (laughs) (laughs) My morning routine is everything. And I'm, I'm currently like trying to play with it a little bit and like change it up a little bit, which is, you know, I'm always trying to tweak it a little bit, but generally like getting up and meditating and journaling is like my new favorite thing. I mean, I've gone in and out of it for years, but like like, go on Pinterest and look for journal prompts. You know, I just like printed out like so many journal prompts from Pinterest shadow work, you know, being your best self, like calling in a partnership, you know, whatever it is that you want to call in and um, just sitting and writing and like really reflecting on those things. It's helping me so much, so much because with where I'm at now and I realize like, okay, we're all exactly where we need to be and it's okay. There's no rush. But now that I'm doing more of this self-reflection and I've been for a little while, but like the more of the deep, deep work, I'm like, this is what it's all about. Like just knowing yourself. And if you know yourself and you know what you want, you're like totally attuned to that, then it's so much easier than if you're like just going, 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 not taking time to reflect and then not, not truly knowing yourself. And then you'll get into situations where People will ask you to do things. You say, yes, it's not really aligned with what you want. And then it takes you down this path that you didn't want to be in. And then you're stuck and then you can't get out of it. So now I just say like, just the journaling is the the number one key for me. Just like journal prompts. Amazing. Just get a, a notebook and a pen and write just every morning, like 15 minutes, like the artist way stuff, you know, I mean, I actually haven't done artist way, which I want to. So good. I know it's so good, but people are always like, yeah, the artist way stuff. I'm like, well, I'm doing like a version of that, like all the time anyway. But yeah, if you don't know where to go, like get the artist way, there's a workbook too, you know, and just go through it. Just ponder, you know, the existence of your life. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, meditation and journaling, very, very key for me. Um, Then I go to to yoga. I do like a Zoom yoga class. And I've been in and out of that for years, but I got super back into it a couple of months ago and it just helps me feel so clear. And my teacher actually does it at 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. So that's what I'm doing right now. Monday through Friday, 7 a.m., just doing it. And then after that, either do, you know, exercise or like take a walk. I've actually toned down like the intensity of the stuff that I used to do because I was, you know, like lifting and doing hit workouts and all this stuff. And now I'm like much more like trying to just cultivate my yin energy and just kind of like do like softer things for me because, you know, I can be in my masculine quite a bit, which is, you know, fine, like as an entrepreneur and 
a boss person, you know, like being a boss of this company and doing all this stuff. But then it's like, I got to dial that back and like counteract that with more yin stuff. So it's like the yoga, like the journaling, like the, you know, so that's typically my morning before I get to go to work and all that kind of stuff. And then in the evenings, like my new routine is breath work. So breath work is something that I've dabbled in for a few years, but it's really, really helping me now. I mean, I feel like I'm high when I get done doing it. It's just like, I'm so relaxed. It's so enjoyable. And then I just float off to bed, you know? So I'm just doing the breath work at night or like a bath now, uh, just like chill, just trying to chill out before going to bed. I've also discovered the float tanks, the sensory deprivation tanks. So I just started doing that a few weeks ago and I've been going once a week and it's a game changer, like completely meditative, relaxing. I mean, after the first session, the first session, you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? This is crazy. Like, cause you're just enveloped in darkness and you can't hear anything. You know, it's just, it's pitch black and it's just like a crazy experience. But if you accept that and kind of like take the invitation to go deeper, then it's a really beautiful experience. So I've been discovering lots about myself through doing the sensory deprivation tanks. So yeah, those are all kind of different things that I use. And then I'm actually like getting more into like just dancing, like not even just moving, you know, like just somatically, you know, just like moving and just like being weird and whatever, just by myself in my house and my socks and like, you know, like whatever Tom Cruise and in that one <laughs> <laughs> movie, but um, just like shaking it out. I think it's just so helpful for me because I can get really in it. Right. And just like these breaking it up, like not being so in it, like taking a little break, taking a little time to like meditate in the afternoon for 10 minutes. Or I just actually made my first affirmation meditation, which I will release. And, you know, just like making something like, okay, I want to make this for myself because I want to listen to this and plant these affirmations into my subconscious, but maybe other folks would like to listen to it too. So, there's endless amounts of self-care and modalities and things that we can tune into, but those are some of the things that are resonating with me right now. I hope everyone listened to all of that because it's so important to be able to, in your own way, kind of in a healthy way, detach a little bit. I also do sensory deprivation tanks, uh, breath work. We're very similar in those regards. Oh. So there's, there's a lot of good stuff to be found there. I have a friend who juggles during his breaks because it literally you can't do anything else but focus on it. But that's kind of what we need from time to time is something that we that gets us away and we have no choice but to be away from the thing. And I'm sure for you, that's helped a ton because, you know, 2020 hit. And your company was based so strongly on live performance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was super stressful still to pivot and change and see what was up. I'm sure you were better able to deal with it, though, because of all the stuff that you do to take care of yourself. Yeah. When that came up, when it was, okay, let's, it's time to pivot. Was that a realization for you? Was it, okay, we have to change XYZ? Was it clear up from the outset? Was it something that you had to kind of just shrug and figure out? What were the main stressors? Was it, oh God, where's our income source? Like what was coming up when all of that stuff happened? Because most musicians like us just work remotely anyway. So a lot of people just kind of shrugged like, well, eh, I do music from home. So, but for you working in live performance, it must be very different. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So 
I saw the writing on the wall right away. I mean, I we had a, I had a studio space, you know, a couple miles from my house and had all the gear there. I mean, we'd been there about a year, loved it. It was a great space. The team was going in there all the time, meetings and, you know, it was had gotten pretty big. Like the company was the biggest that it had been. We did really well in 2019. You know, I'd brought people in to help me run it. It was feeling good for me. It was like finally like at the point where, okay, I can chill a little bit and, you know, hang back and focus on the things that I want to do. And um, yeah, when COVID hit, it was like, oh, wow. And I remember like one of my employees saying, he's like, oh, it's going to be back in like, you know, two weeks or something like, I don't know. I just was like, I don't know. This is serious. And I just made the decision. I'm like, okay, we're, you know, shutting down the studio. We ended up moving out and moving all the stuff back to my place which is totally fine like whatever like if no one's going into the studio space i'm not going to pay for it you know? right <laughs> like, of course <laughs> <laughs> um and then it was like well what are we going to do now and so transmute i had started the program a year earlier i guess yeah it was 2019 so two years ago now you know, it had been one of my focuses, but you know, it wasn't my full focus because I had been focusing on the company and music stuff and then transmute. And it, I just decided, you know, I really want to build this up now. Like this is the time I'd done a lot of work with different coaches and, you know, to build the program and build that brand as well. And it felt really aligned with where I was at as an artist. And it felt really aligned for COVID times because all of a sudden people were like, how do we perform and how do we do this online? And what's all this? So just right out of the gate, I just started doing a lot of like free workshops and masterclasses, helping people like with their live streams and with their music stuff, their audio stuff and their Ableton stuff for their live streams. And just got a lot of people that were interested in transmute through that doing that and so we did the third iteration like in may of 2020 and it was just really beautiful because it was like okay all these amazing artists from all around the world coming together everyone's going through the same thing at the same time and so we were a support system for one another and then also just everyone wanting to know how to live stream and like getting all that stuff popping off it was really beautiful so that kind of became more of my focus and i kind of redirected my team and some people from the ec side came over and started working more in transmute luckily i was able to get the the ppp money from the government so i used that to kind of jumpstart this thing over here and yeah just like really have been rocking with that in the past year and as you know because <laughs> you joined us yeah <laughs> And so, yeah, it's been really exciting to see the community grow there and just build up. And now we've got the Transmute Academy, which is a free community platform. And it's our own platform now. It's on something called Mighty Networks, but it's our, our own platform. So we left Facebook. We just left every all that stuff. And now the conversation's happening on our own platform, which feels really good. And um it's just it's been awesome to kind of see the evolution of it it's feeling you know amazing we've got the transmute society which is bi-weekly master classes with different artists and then the transmute accelerator which was the program that you were in was originally two months long now it's a whole year long program people were just like 
this is so much information. Like we really need like a year to go through it. And so it's really cool because now we're able to open it up to people that are at different stages of their journey, which is awesome. And it's important. You know, I realize like originally we were sort of catering to people that already had a certain level of knowledge, which is great. But that also is like a very, very niche, very, very small subsection of people. And I realized that a lot of these people that were more beginners and just starting out, they were like, hey, we want to do this, but this is scary. Like, this is really scary. So we made it less scary. <laughs> we made it not scary at all. We made it very friendly for all types of artists to come through. And then, of course, we still have all the ninja stuff as well and you know we've got the transmit festival which is really cool that you got to perform in and so we're doing that twice a year now in the accelerator so it's been it's just been awesome to see it evolve and like my team is so amazing and i just give them endless shout outs because they're helping things run so smooth and just like just executing my vision the way that i intend for it to be executed and that feels really good it just feels really good to have a team that's invested in the outcome and you know just like loves it and is as passionate about it as i am because you know if there's a couple people that aren't you know you can tell and it just comes across but everyone is just like 110 percent like this is amazing we love this like let's go like let's do this so it was it really was like at first it was definitely bumpy when the pandemic hit it was like oh <laughs> but i like i was just like quick i was like okay moving over here doing this and then yeah just been focusing on that and then releasing you know new music and working on different projects with other artists and collaborations and stuff like that i think something that i got hugely out of your community and transmute not only was the knowledge because boy there's a lot in there it's so good like i learned a crazy amount but on top of that the people in it are so cool yeah. like i don't know how you attract them like how you bring them together but like i meet met some new best friends like i'm talking to some of them like every day and oh, i've even yeah. i've even like hired some to work with me on game projects it's like i want to work on games i'm like come on board uh, so that's so cool that. to meet these people and i'm so curious both from the community creation side because you do run quite a community and also just networking in general is there any kind of intentionality to what you're doing when it comes to building a community or when it comes to networking, especially in a field that is nothing but cis men, like it's just so, so, so many. So what's kind of going on in your head and what advice do you give to people who don't fall into that like too common cis men category, like who, like mm -hmm. women, non-binary people, like what kind of advice do you give to them when it comes to community building, being a part of the community, networking, those sorts of things? Totally. Well, first of all, we have, more women now in the program than ever. And I, and it just brings me so much joy because they see that it's a safe space and that I'm running it. And there's these amazing people on my team that are running it, that have my blessing. And I just want to create a comfortable space for diversity and people of all walks of life. And, you know, so yeah, it's it's been really important to me to to help cultivate that kind of uh, an atmosphere, and I feel like we've done a good job of that, and we'll continue to. We've got some initiatives this year that we're going to announce to to help that along as well to just continue to create that diversity in our programs to create a safe space for folks. And 
Yeah. I mean, it's always been my mission to bring more women into the space, you know, being a woman myself and just like getting started in this when there were no other women that I could look up to. I mean, 20 years ago when I first started doing this, there was no one and I had no idea. So I dealt with a lot over the years and now just love to give back and love to just be an example of what's possible. And I don't know, you know, I, one of my talents, I don't know how I do this, but it is cultivating great community, right? And I've done that many, many times over in different ways, all kind of around this similar thing, which is music and technology and artistry and, you know, live performance stuff. You know, I think I'm just so passionate about what I do and I just love it so much. Like it attracts people that are passionate about it and love it as much as I do or want to love it and want to get into it. It's become more intentional than it was. Like now, like one of our things is like, we want high vibe people to come in. Like, what does that mean? You know, well, people that want to share, people that want to give back, that want to support one another, help elevate the community. Like, I just can't imagine having anyone in the community that's like, well, I don't want to share or like, I don't want to talk about my stuff or like, you know, like it just wouldn't fly. And so that's why we have an application process with the Transmute Accelerator. It's like, well, we don't want to just let anyone in here, even if they've got the money, you know, it's not, it's not about the money. It's about the culture and the community and the vibe. So that's become more and more clear to me, especially in the past year since COVID hit. It's like, well, who do I want in my community? Who do I want on my team? Now, the Academy is free to join. Like anyone can join there. But okay, there's been like some minor problems here and there from like grumpy people. But like, for the most part, everyone's like, super cool, like, with the mission of high vibe, like, supporting one another, helping one another. And that just brings me so much joy. You know, it just brings me so much joy because I just realized at one point, you know, I guess the cloning thing, right? At a certain point I was like, I can't, I literally can't help everyone. Like I would love to, like people like write me all the time and I feel bad because I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I love you. I just, I don't have time. But now I've extended that to like my team and and then to the community and people are like, oh, let me help you with that. Oh, you're having a problem with OBS or Ableton or whatever it is. And, and also just like having the creative empowerment classes that we have in the Transmute Accelerator with my friend Rachel Chase, like just that time for reflection and just looking more deeply at why we're doing our art, like why we're creating this art who and what are we doing this for? What purpose does it serve? Just like looking deeper at the why we're doing all this stuff, I think is important. And it also like takes a special person to like want to be able to do that stuff. You know, I always like get a little worried, like, what if someone gets in there like, what is this stuff? Like, what are we doing here? You know, but luckily everyone's like, wow, I've never, you know, some people were like, I've never done this kind of work before. I've never thought this deeply about it. And other people are like, oh, I do this all the time. And I feel like we attract some of those people that are like, yeah, we do it all the time. Like we're, they're deep thinkers. I remember getting an application for Transmute 3.0 and this guy blew my mind with his application. I was like, you are the deepest thinker I think I've ever encountered. I mean, he was just so self-aware and self-reflective. And I was like, I need to get on your level, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so- It's a good sign. <laughs> It is a good sign. So I just 
think that we attract the kind of people that I want to be around and that we want to be around that we help each other and inspire each other. And that's really the, the main thing that's so important to me. So yeah, it is really intentional and a bit of luck, I think. And, you know, the universe brings in the right people and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, when you're putting out the right vibes, then uh, things yeah. kind of eventually reflect that, which is yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. So I have a few kind of wrap up questions for you. Yeah. So one is that you mentioned, I forget which interview it was, I think it was industry talks with Roman Perry, who I love him to death. I think you mentioned on his podcast, I think that when you started in Cirque du Soleil playing with them, mm -hmm. and helping program their live show that you went into it being like, I don't know what I'm really fully oh, yeah. doing which is so common with everybody in any new creative situation because we're non-stop creating and therefore everything is new all the time and we have no idea what we're doing how do you deal with that feeling and how do you recommend people kind of still go in still do the thing even if it feels like they have no idea what's going on yes oh my gosh feel the fear and do it anyway i forget who said that but <laughs> you just have to do it i mean i was so scared like i got this call okay, sure. I'll go work with Cirque du Soleil. I was like, I'm, you know, I was certified in Ableton. I thought that I knew what I was doing. I totally didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different context. And like, it's just a different way of thinking about it. And I remember, like, there were some people that weren't friendly to me, you know, they were mm. not nice to me. And I remember their names. <laughs> I wouldn't say them, of course. But like, I remember who they are and like just you never know who you're going to encounter down the road you know what i mean like there was a person that i worked with back in the day now and that was completely rude and not nice to me and now i see them they're like oh my gosh hey what's up and i'm like hey you know i yeah i mean it's all good it's water under the bridge but like at the same time you never know you never know who's going to come up and like how they're going to be and and i feel like that opportunity was a good way for me to do something that I never thought I could do, learn a lot. I got knocked down, you know, that sucked. And I hated every moment of that, but it made me stronger because after that, then I worked with, with Kanye, you know? And so that, that situation prepared me. It was like, I thought that was hard, you know? And then I worked with Kanye. I'm like, no, this is hard. And, you know, after working with him, like, I felt like I could work with anyone because he's literally like one of the hardest people to work with, right? <laughs> and not for any other reason other than he is a perfectionist and he wants everything done exactly the way that he wants it to be done. And I respect that, you know, because I'm like that too. And so there's so many different situations like that, but you never know who you're going to run into again. So be nice and be respectful and just do it you know like even if you get fired or you know like you just you do your best and you if you're nice and you're friendly well like that was my thing i was like okay i know that i don't know what i'm doing but i'm still going to be like inquisitive ask the right questions do the best job that i can be a nice person and you know the, those people that i worked with are now are still like oh wow like she went on to do these amazing things you know which is cool so that's my advice. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. So on uh, two kind of last zones of advice, is, yeah. is there anything that you see when you see aspiring musicians or current musicians and entrepreneurs, either or, or both? Do you see any skills that they may be lacking that, you know, they don't realize they're lacking it? Like, for example, in my field, 
the lack of kind of awareness of how important networking is is just prevalent it's just no one no yeah. one acknowledges it no one wants yeah. to do it no one wants to talk about it. is there anything in your kind of sphere you're seeing that like i wish people had realized that you have to do x <laughs> yeah i think it's similar to that but it's like people hit me up all the time asking for stuff right and i'm very generous and i've been really generous with my time and energy but if you know if someone keeps asking for stuff and like you're not getting anything in return it just is a bad look you know and it's like gary v is like what is the i can't remember but you give three times and then you ask or whatever the thing jab is. jab jab right hook. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah. so i try to abide by that you know like i'm super conscious of if i need a favor from someone or i need something from someone i try to reciprocate i mean i'm not saying that like like there is a, there is such a thing as receiving and just receiving right and that's great but i'm the type of person that i just also want to give back if i receive and the people that just receive 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 you know that is just not a good look so i just my advice is to like give back if you can you know if there's a way that you can it's a small way like i don't know i've had people like venmo me like five dollars for like some advice you know that i've given them because they're like wow this like really really helped me and i was like oh wow you didn't have to do that but thank you so much for just like respecting my time i'm not saying it has to be monetary because like sometimes you know you don't have the money to do that but you know just just offering like offering something up i just think that's a beautiful way to have an exchange and to keep the dialogue flowing yeah it's true like i remember the names of everybody who's ever sent me a book recommendation because that is the thing like if you want me to love you instantly be like here's this weird book you've never heard of that i know like like sold sold we're best friends forever so yeah like even something that simple can really get people to be like oh thank you and really appreciate that kind of back and forth totally totally so as a last question yeah when you're first starting out you're baby musician you're just just getting started maybe maybe like right as you started touring anywhere in your career i'm curious what your kind of definition of success was and what your definition of success is now and how much that's changed over time right yeah okay when I first started out, <laughs> I think my definition of success was just like, just having a job. Cause that, that was just my goal. I was like, okay, I just have a job, like to have full-time work. I really couldn't see that far, you know, like it wasn't until later where I was like, okay, now I can vision, but I feel like I was a bit closed off. Cause I was like, I'm just putting one foot right in front of the other and I can't see that far ahead. So it was just survival, you know, it was like survival mode. You know, when I first moved to LA, I was like doing all these odd jobs and doing random things. Cause I was like, I don't know how to make money here. I don't know anyone. So, but I think, you know, success, when I thought about success, the grandiose success at that point, it was like, you know, having like the big house, with like the car and, you know, whatever, just like balling. Right. right. It's like all like this material stuff back Mm. then and now for me it's like yes of course money's great like being financially independent is great nothing wrong with that like definitely i always want that but to be around and to be supported by people that i love and to be able to be doing what i love on a daily basis that's success for me you know and for me it's like not answering to anyone else like (laughs) i realized 
at a certain point, I was like, I can't have a job anymore. You know, I really just can't have a job. I got laid off from my job at Ableton in 2008. Best thing that ever happened to me. I was super bummed at the time, but it was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? So I got to figure my, my stuff out. And I looked at all these other jobs and I thought, you know, what if I just did my own thing? And it was hard. It was really hard at first. It was like, okay, like, how do I make this work? I mean, I think gig culture and freelancing is so much more ubiquitous right now, but like back then it was not as much, much so. And I really went out on a limb to follow my dreams and my passions. And that's been the most rewarding thing, you know, for me, that's success to me because every day I'm like, heck yeah. Like I get to like hang out with my dope team and like have amazing people in my program like you and, you know, just like have fun and just keeping it light and keeping it fun. I mean, that's just, that's success to me now. I love it. That's such a good answer. So wrapping up, where can people find you? Like what, what's your socials, websites, what's the Transmute Academy URL? Share it all. Yes. Okay. LauraEscaday.com is my website and at Laura Escaday everywhere. And the Transmute Academy is thetransmuteacademy.com. You can find all of our courses in there. It's free to join. We've got a bunch of free courses. I just did one on Ableton Live 11. It's totally free. Envision your show, a bunch of stuff on live performance. And then we've got the, the master classes and the accelerator if you're interested in kind of diving deeper and going further with me and my crew. Awesome. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. It's such an honor and pleasure to be doing this. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening as always. And considering I work in the world of video game, music, and sound, and so many people are always asking me how they break into that field, I have a newsletter set up for you. So if you want to learn how to make music and sound effects for video games and actually be paid to do it, just go to bit.ly forward slash sound pod. Sound B-I-Z pod. And that newsletter will set you up with two free courses and a bunch of free ebooks and even sound effects. They'll get you set up and teach you how to work in the world of video game, music, and sound. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.